Perhaps the first thing to say is that I experience at least a little pleasure every day. I wonder if this is more than the usual amount. It was the same even in childhood when most people are miserable. I don't think this is because so many wonderful things happen to me, but rather that the small things go a long way. I seem to get more than the ordinary satisfaction out of food, for example. Any old food. An egg sandwich from one of those grimy food vans on Washington Square has the genuine power to turn my day around. Welcome to episode 9 of Sandwich Wingman. I'm Ryan Morrison and with me is Rob Hanna. Rob, how are you? I am great. I am so excited about this episode and I am uh, particularly excited about talking about uh, this week's reading. Um, great quote. Yeah, so that's um, it's an essay, Joy, by Zadie Smith. Um, maybe one of the, the few uh, novelists uh, putting out work right now that I could that I could actually name out loud. Uh, maybe that says a lot about me, uh, but maybe it says a lot about her. I think that's true in both regards. It's, it's, it says so much. Thank you for your support, Rob. <laughs> it says so much, but, but, but so little. <laughs> yeah, there was a lot of. Uh, I'm really liking this essay thing. This um, this was a great example of that. I think just a lot of thoughts. This is what this is about. What we want it to be about nuggets, because um, this is kind of a simulated lunch hour for us yes that's the type of thing we would uh, like to talk about so but um this is an important week we have right. a, a very different kind of ingredient that we that we shared that we both built yes. a sandwich from this week i i agree that ingredient is chocolate ah yes chocolate which can mean a lot of things you it, say it that can yeah you, you say that like the chocolate was uh, particularly <laughs> satisfying for you um, I would say it was the opposite. Really? <laughs> yeah, I'm really looking forward to telling you about how this one worked out. Uh, the, 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 this was a, uh, a a good uh, a good example of the types of uh, crazy things I try to do uh, for uh, for good radio. Well, Rob does the darndest <laughs> things on this episode of Rob does the darndest things. <laughs> Well, Ryan, uh, shall yeah, we? Shall with, we uh, with no further ado, yes. Please, please tell. I, oh, okay, so I made a habanero cheddar and unsweetened baking chocolate sandwich. With... <laughs> 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 with with pomegranate seeds. Oh, all uh, right. On on fresh ciabatta, and and I I have to give a shout out. This was someone inspired by what I saw on a website uh, from this. Uh, this couple, uh, this website is called the Minimalist Baker, okay. um, and uh, and they they had the idea for the for the chocolate with the pomegranate seeds. Um, but the, the cheddar I, I added the, on my the own. habanero cheddar. Was <laughs> yeah, habanero was a uh, habanero cheddar. Do you think, is, do you think is, they is would a, support that uh, that innovation? I I doubt it. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, and. Uh, I could talk about the assembly, but I'm going to kick it back to you. I really want to hear about yours before I dive into mine, too. So what did you make this week? Okay. Well, um, I had the same kind of struggle as you. <laughs> okay. Okay. Now, I do have a sandwich that I want to put forward. That okay, was, good. That was, uh, you know, it was pretty tasty. It had some flaws. Okay. Um, it was pretty tasty. Um, but not that innovative. Um, I did also try something new my myself. Um, I... Probably like you. Sounds like did some tried to do some deep research on the internet about, <laughs> about chocolate and sandwiches, which yes. had a lot of false positives. I'm going to say. Okay. Um, uh, but one of the things I came across was a uh, a food guide put out by the Wisconsin Cheese Association. Oh, I read. The, I think I looked at the same guy. Yeah. yeah, I did. I really did. Yep. I think I'm pretty sure. I was. I. I and I should also cite my sources there too. Yes, there it is. So go yeah. ahead. Yeah. Well, so I so I read that I was actually uh, this is on my phone. I was at uh, Trader Joe's, okay, um, at the time, mm-hmm. and I was like, all right, well, getting some materials, uh, trying some different things. One of the things on there was a pairing of dark chocolate and Parmesan cheese. Oh yes, yes, yes. So I was like, all right, maybe this is a good idea. Right. So um, I got some challah bread, which is mm-hmm. uh, something I, I mean, I've had before, but I haven't tried to make a sandwich out of it before. Um, so I tried that with turkey, Parmesan, and dark chocolate. And 
to fully um, integrate the chocolate with the cheese, I put them both in a in a mug. This was like a dark chocolate, like nibs, like little broken pieces. Ah, got it, I got it. Yep, with yep, the yep. Parmesan and like more like flakes. And yep. uh, I microwave them together. Okay. I gotta say, I, I think, uh, I don't know that it was alive, but it, it certainly <laughs> seemed like it had a life of its own. Um, that uh, was, yeah, it, it was, um, I don't know, the ugly duckling, I guess. Was, it was Anyway, it was kind of hard to spoon. It was okay. chunky. <laughs> I, I put it on my sliced bread with the turkey. And uh-huh. um, couldn't finish that sandwich. It was uh, pretty horrible. Yep, I I um I had a very similar experience towards the ends of mine as well. I'm, I'm not sure if we need a new category for whether or not the sandwich can be can be consumed. <laughs> <laughs> well, I think uh, on our taste uh, scale of yeah, one to ten, yep, yep, we had uh, or at least I you know the 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 idea that a six that's good enough to uh, eat again. Exactly. And uh, below that, maybe not so much. Yeah. I, I don't know what the... So if that's the dividing line between five and six for yep. what's mm-hmm. uh, like re-edible. Re-edible, yep. Yeah, I don't know what the, the dividing line is between um, edible and not edible. Ah, yeah. Um, we haven't had to go there before. We haven't yet, but maybe this week we will get close. <laughs> <laughs> well, I didn't end up... Like I said, this is not the sandwich I kept. It was really... Um, Really quite awful, and uh, <laughs> I would not I would not wish it on my worst enemy. Uh, wow! And because I don't hate myself, I did not finish the sandwich. Okay. Um, uh, but what I ended up with was uh, the same uh, challah bread mm-hmm. with uh, some of that chunky peanut butter. Okay. And M and M's. Oh, I like that idea. It was it was quite tasty. Uh, it was an open face sandwich. Like a dessert sandwich, I guess. Yep. And it it, it tasted good, uh, but was not uh, it's not going to rate very well. So. <laughs> so this, uh, so you know, the challenge that we put in front of ourselves was to make uh, some some uh, interesting, good bring to work sandwiches with chocolate, and I think uh, it sounds like we both failed miserably. Yeah, we did. We did. So. Uh... So, so shall we see if there are any redeeming values here? <laughs> yes. Was it at least easy to assemble? Yes. So this was uh, this was pretty easy to assemble. Um, you know, I also melted the chocolate. Um, I, I took a few pieces of this uh, baking chocolate. This almost looked like a like a chocolate bar. I broke off. I melted in the microwave, um, uh, and then uh, uh, the, the chocolate was dumped directly onto ch- on the slices I have of ciabatta bread. Uh, I sliced thin slices of um, the habanero cheddar, yeah, and uh, I put them on top, and then I uh, baked in the oven actually for uh, several minutes at three fifty degrees, oh. uh, which melted which melted the cheese nicely. I folded the the you know the the the, the, the sandwich eventually put back together and with some uh, uh, pomegranate seeds um, kind of splattered all around. Um, and I think this took me some time. Um, I actually ended up giving myself a two on this one. I felt that it wasn't super easy to assemble, but maybe I was being harsh on myself on that one. But um, there, there were certainly a few steps, and the melting of the chocolate's kind of an unusual step. Um, yeah. So, so yeah. yeah. Some equipment. Uh, yeah. Necessary. Yeah. yeah. Um, and, and certainly, um, this wasn't that nutritious either. I'll just uh, jump in there. I don't think. Uh, but I, I guess the I guess chocolate actually is somewhat healthy. Um, especially like the, there was no, there was no added sugar. Yes. Um, and, and so the seeds added, you know, uh, so the seeds were probably healthy. I mean, pomegranate seeds are probably healthy. Uh, but, but like a, a sharp cheddar habanero cheese is probably not that healthy. I gave this a middle of the road, three out of five on for nutrition, just to, just to round that out. Uh, what, what about yours? Uh, the, 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 the hala peanut butter and M&M sandwich was that, was that easy to assemble? It was. It was yes. very easy to assemble. I, I imagined, especially open faced. It was just the the one slice. Oh, you know, okay. had to had to spread the the peanut butter. Right. That was basically all the work because then you just uh, press the uh, M and M's right on there on the top, and they stay exactly where you put them. Wow, that's it. Uh, wow, that is. And uh, they were Valentine's Day M and M's. Oh, did they? they uh, oh, they were colorful, but they don't think they they all taste the same, right? 
I believe so. I, I don't know the... Uh, I don't know that the different colors have... Even the candy shell, if they have a different taste. No. Uh, can um, I... Can I... Uh, no, go ahead, please. I was... Uh, well, I, I, what I was going to do is I was going to venture a guess that, that this didn't sound very nutritious. <laughs> yes. This is, I think... Um, Absolutely an example of a one on the nutrition scale. (laughs) In fact, I felt, um, I felt just generally terrible for the rest of the day. I did too. I did too. I think think it's because of the darn chocolate we tried. Uh, that is amazing. Uh, we really, it it ruined my entire day. This was of a week for us. Um, yeah, yeah. So uh, you know, but taste, to our, to taste our, wise. Our, yeah, exactly right. Uh, our faithful listeners, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, you, you hear ye. Uh, do, 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 don't try this at home. <laughs> yes, or or do something other than what we did. <laughs> yes, yes. We've so invented yes. three ways to not uh, to not have yep. a light bulb. Yes, yes, I also tried to reassemble the sandwich, but with then instead of using the unsweetened chocolate, I used sweetened chocolate, and it was. It, it wasn't that much better, and it was even harder to eat. <laughs> <laughs> That's a, what are we doing to ourselves? That's what I don't it sounds know. like. We, we really, uh, yeah, the fact that we did not prearrange the ingredient and picked it on air last week. Yep. This is a mistake I think we'll, I, I, we will never I, make I, ever again. Well, I, I think we both paid for it in sandwiches that were, well, I, I, actually, let me get into my taste here, maybe, is the way to go. Yeah, yeah. So, um, so, so this sandwich, this sandwich tasted really bitter. <laughs> the, um, so like, it was very difficult to actually complete a bitter sandwich, like to eat the whole thing. But you, you did? I, I did. I, I did it just for the sake of, of, uh, you know. <laughs> the <laughs> sacrifice like, for science. Right. So, the, so the, the, the sandwich tasted bitter, but the seeds did add the, you know, the pomegranate seeds did add some sweetness and also some texture. Um. And the bread itself was 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 crunchy because it was a little, it was fresh too. Um, it was crunchy because we put it in the oven. Uh, the cheese added some heat, but I can barely taste the cheese part because the bitterness of the chocolate just dominated the flavor. Yeah, this was the, this was a real ace of it. I think I was being generous by giving it a three. <laughs> I really <laughs> the baking chocolate. <laughs> well, I really wanted to make a savory chocolate sandwich. Yeah, yeah so I, I was think, like, I think you you tasted all of that sandwich. I did. So it was. Me. It was so bitter and hard to get through. It was a very unpleasant experience. <laughs> but, but I will we'll say to that... relist this podcast in a different category. Oh this yeah, is, yeah. This is this is uh yeah yeah. Um, so okay, so yours it tasted great. It did. I'm gonna give it an eight. Wow. It was a, it was delicious. M and M's. The the challah bread was delicious. The peanut butter was delicious. I don't know what to say. It was, okay. a, it was a symphony of flavor. It was delicious. Oh, that's that's remarkable. Uh, yeah. Con- I'm just glad I didn't have to rate the other one. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, I'm going to stick with it um, and uh, continue here and yep. say, integrity-wise, this is a yep. five out of five. Wow. Yeah. Yep. None of yep. it. None of it moved. It was. Uh... <laughs> the peanut butter helped. Yeah. And... Could have left it on top of my car and. And drove somewhere. <laughs> if it had stayed on there, it would have stayed in exactly the same state. That's a five. Yeah. So I also gave myself a five for integrity. This the, 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 this thing stayed together. Um, the the bread the bread was crispy and and throughout the whole sandwich, even though it was bitter and difficult to finish, the bread and everything stayed together. So yes, uh, five Ooh. out of five. Yep. This is a good time to to, to restate that uh, for us, integrity is all about. The sandwich staying together, that you're able to actually eat it with, while it with it staying a sandwich. Yes. This has nothing to do about the the sandwich's actual character. Oh you know, yes. We're not anthropomorphizing the the sandwich. If we had, I think both of ours would have been um, evil. Yeah, I think that's that that's that's accurate. I think uh, you might find this in one of the circles of hell. Um. <laughs> <laughs> this is. Uh... Yeah, we're gonna have to just get through this, I think. Yep, yep. Okay, so as a conversation piece, um, did did you uh, was there that much to talk about for yours? Well, on on one level, I think it's interesting, right? It kind of looked pretty, right? Yep. The 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 um, 
especially where it was open faced. The uh, the M and M's on the on the peanut butter looked nice. Right. Looked nice. Um, despite that, I am giving this uh, conversation piece score of one um, oh. because while there's something to talk about with this, yeah. um, I would have been way too embarrassed to actually talk about it. Ah, with yes. people, yep. it's just embarrassing. This is a. Uh, <laughs> I, I I don't know what it says about uh, you know me that I actually ate this, but uh, there you yeah, go. you can picture the conversation something like, "Oh, you have a sandwich podcast? Well, yes. What did you make? What did you make this week? Yes. Oh, I made a <laughs> I made a peanut butter sandwich with M and M's on top. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> that's that's great. You got yeah. Um, so I, I I was I was very generous with myself on this one. To be honest, Ryan, I gave myself a five out of five. Um, and I, 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 <laughs> I, I, I still give props to the, the minimalist baker website for giving me the suggestion for the chocolate and the pomegranate, because uh, that worked really well, especially with the chocolate that I had that was unsweetened, and they didn't recommend that, I'm sure. But, but the, <laughs> but, but the pomegranate seeds really did add to the, you know, it gave it that sweetness back. They are good, yeah. But I will say that that it's really hard to 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 argue that a chocolate and cheese sandwich. Is not something that is is just is is weird. Um, it, is, it is weird. So, like to talk it through about like okay, what like why is it that habanero cheese? Yeah, you know the cheese. The, you know, why was the cheese flavor dominated by the chocolate? There was there was still a good amount of cheese. I don't know. So, um, but I, I you know I thought I really pushed some limits here. Um, I certainly have not ever ordered a sandwich at a, at a uh, or seen on a food truck a cheese and chocolate sandwich. Yeah. Um, Maybe we should have drawn some inferences from that. <laughs> I know, but but you know, you know, I'm trying to be, uh, you know, I'm trying to push some envelopes, um, and 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 I'm and I'm also turning some stomachs. <laughs> oh man, we so, okay, need so, to get this off. I know. So so the experience of yours? Um, actually, it was you know uh, texture wise and and all that. I, I gotta give mine a four. It was a. Uh, it's a good, you know, experience-wise, it was, uh, it was something. It was something. Yeah. So, so me for experience, I think I was generous by giving it a three because I realized if you can't finish the sandwich and it's unpleasant, that probably should be a one, right? Uh, um, yeah. I mean, I don't want to. Uh, yep. Yeah. But uh, so I'm gonna I'm gonna re re uh, do that one to a one, and I'm going to make the ease of assembly. I might uh, challenge you on the conversation piece. Oh, you are? Okay. Yeah. I think last week I challenged you on it, and I tried to get you to move it up. Yep. You're gonna, <laughs> yeah, you're going to make me move it down? Well, this one, I, I understand that there's a lot to say about it, but <laughs> yeah. did you feel inclined to actually have those conversations with people? Uh, I'm probably not going to want to talk about this with many others. If you, Let's say uh, I'm picturing the scene, you're at work, Yep. you're, you're opening the sandwich, it's ready to go. Yep. Do you find yourself trying to hide the sandwich from others? Because <laughs> um, if so, that's not a five. If you're if you're proud, if you're, I mean, sometimes an epic failure is, uh, you know, something to be uh, proud about. With yeah. that. I was this that. Um, I am not that proud of it, but I think I, I think it would be fun to how, to, to. how inclined were you? To talk yep. about it. Um, uh, um, uh, I made it on a, uh, you know, I, I wasn't necessarily at work when I, <laughs> I wasn't necessarily at work when yeah, I ate it. You have to so, use your imagination. I get but, it. but if I were at work eating the sandwich, I think I may have closed the door and just taken it on my own. You're right. So, um, <laughs> oh, fine. I, I will cut down on the five out of five score there. And, uh, but if somebody burst in, burst in while you were eating it, yeah, you I would have, have told them about it. Have something and, and, to say, yeah, yeah, we, yeah. we both would have laughed. So I'm gonna fine. I'll, I'll bring it down to a four. Okay. <laughs> I wonder what what's your suggestion? No, that's uh, I. This is this is uncharted territory for us. Okay, so I'm going to cut some of those down. So I, I have a new total score now. That's a lot different than one I had. Something different, but so 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 so, so what did you get for your overall score? This this is a twenty three. Okay, good. With with my new modifications, uh, pumping up my ease of assembly to three, 
and uh, my conversation piece down to a four, and my and my experience down to a one, I I, I get a nice solid nineteen. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I, I think the uh, I don't know if you're familiar with the baseball term, the Mendoza line. <laughs> no. Are you? No. 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 Well, it's uh, it's named after uh, uh, an infielder from back in the day. Okay. Um, was a very good fielder. Um, okay. But but he struggled to hit two hundred, and two hundred is pretty bad. Yep. And um, that has uh, the Mendoza line, also known as hitting two hundred. Yep. Has been has been uh, it, it has a lot of currency now as it you have to at least hit that hit that level even if you have other redeeming qualities it doesn't matter how great a fielder you are how great a mm-hmm. teammate you are yep um, whether you make really good sandwiches for the rest of the team any of those things. If you can't hit 200, you're out. That's the Mendoza line. Okay. And I wonder if our Mendoza line is 20. It could be. It's a a nice, you know, 220. I like it. Yep, yep. And uh, this was something not not to behold. (laughs) (laughs) So, so, so. It's a sandwich to be seen, not heard. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it didn't look bad. Actually, I think about it, it just just tasted oh, my, bad. My the the Parmesan chocolate one. Yeah. That I that I tried. Yep. You you ought to see. I'll send you a picture of this because uh, it it looked like <laughs> it. I don't know what evil looks like, but I'm also not sure that it doesn't look <laughs> exactly like that. Oh man! So okay. Um... Congrats! You got to look evil in the eye. I did. Uh, ran the other direction. I comforted myself in the solace of M and M's and peanut butter. Yep. There is a there is a special circle of hell <laughs> just for your sandwich. Yes. Well, it sounds like my sandwich, my my uh, my the sandwich I rejected at least as a friend. That's true. We live to live together in eternity because no one will eat either of them ever again. Yeah. So you know, so you know, lessons learned here, right? I mean, we we we've taught, you know, we've we've. Uh, doesn't our... doesn't seem like there there has to be a way though. I mean, obviously, there's like a mole sauce thing that that we could have done, right? And, and mole is sometimes served with like shredded cheese, right? Well, sure, yeah, but it's it's like not that sweet, but it's also not uh, baking chocolate. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I, I did put it in the oven eventually. Yeah, I was curious. I had an enchilada last night, and I put yep. some some chocolate on there. Yep, did not improve the quality of the, of the enchilada. <laughs> the the whole day it was it was just just a chocolate foo bar. <laughs> I think I think that um, you know it, you know you know what this makes me think of that it, it's it's excellent that uh, how many times I think we've used uh, or used words that are synonyms with unpleasant in this episode. That's true. That's very true, and that's a pretty good segue. I think is that it is. your intention. Uh, pretty much, okay. <laughs> it's, it right. was time to abandon that ship. Uh, so, yeah, um, yeah. So, right. so congratulations to us on going for chocolate. Um, we, we and we deserve yeah. no congratulations. <laughs> okay. Yeah. This is so, this is the this is the scene where like that giant like hook comes off from the the wings of the stage yep. and just pulls us off yep. stage. That's, if uh, we didn't have such a redeeming essay, I think that would be exactly what would happen now. So that's right. That's uh, right. That's a very good point. Um, in fact, one wonders if Zadie Smith would have found either of our sandwiches delicious. Probably not. That would have well, really would have tested her. That really would have tested her. Yes, which leads into uh, yet again another essay this week, or another essay that we've encountered where it's where it's kind of a, a hybrid of real life and insights, right? Like yes. uh, some stuff, you know what I mean? Like, um, you know, just sitting at a table doing something very mundane and talking to your husband in this kind of you know, story that she's doing, right? Um, it's like, it's a way, as an entree to this larger kind of more philosophical discussion about uh, joy and pleasure, right? Um, yes. I, I know in general you are thankful for things that bring you pleasure. I do, I do. I've been that way for, for many years. Um, yep. and pra- perhaps as far back as I can remember. And I think it'll be interesting to explore um, what that means, <laughs> and also uh, distinguishing it from joy. 
All right. Well, um, yes, if so... we've accomplished something this week, yes, I'm gonna, I'm gonna go right into this this essay, which is a fantastic essay. I recommend it to everyone. I'm sure that we will post a, a link. Yep. When we publish this episode, um, and uh, yeah, just exactly the type of thing that I would want to read for this purpose. Um, uh, again, it's a it's a hybrid of real life and insight, as you said. Mm-hmm. But I'm going to dive right into a very specific nugget. Okay. Yep. Uh, no need for us to recast the entire essay. Mm-hmm. Um, she says uh, she's talking about how she really uh, basically enjoys. A ton of things. She she derives pleasure from like all kinds of food. That's um, <laughs> part of part of the, the the quote that we read at the beginning here. And um, she puts to us, you know, don't think, or you might think that um, then people enjoy eating around me because I'm very yeah. positive about this, right? But uh, she makes the point. Um, in fact, she's been told that it's very boring, right? Um, <clears throat> Where there is no discernment, there can be no awareness of expertise or gratitude for special effort. Exactly. And so maybe if we've done anything with this episode with chocolate here, um, what we've done is prove that we were we are not going to be overwhelmingly positive about everything we make. Hopefully that at least lends us some credibility. What do you think? For sure. Yep. If, if 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 we don't lose it by crafting sandwiches like me, but um, but yeah. but credibility for honesty. <laughs> Hopefully, this never happens ever again. Right, right. right. You may doubt our competence, but <laughs> do not doubt our sincerity. Yeah, well said. So, uh, so yes, I, I like this quote as well, uh, where her husband says, "Don't say that was delicious. You say everything's delicious." Right. But it was delicious, she says. Um, no, I, I like I like the uh, you know putting her foot down there. Yep, right because she's not wrong. This is um, so maybe this is the first big big concept. I, I'm going to guess that this is something you wanted to talk about anyway. Mm-hmm. The idea that uh, something like you know for food here, as she describes it, can be like a consistent uh, source of of pleasure or exactly. dare I say happiness. Exactly. Exactly. Right, it just it it is what it is. Uh, we don't have to say that some things are more delicious than others. If basically all of them are delicious, then they're delicious. Exactly right. A, a pineapple popsicle, she says, and she derives a lot of pleasure from a pineapple popsicle. Yeah, she says e- even the great anxiety of writing can be stilled for the eight minutes it takes to eat a pineapple popsicle. I like it. I like it too. So, um, two kind of big picture thoughts with respect to happiness Mm -hmm. um and what i'm curious about is whether you think that they are incompatible or whether um you don't think that there's a problem okay or that they're they are compatible i don't know there's the there's the idea uh first that uh happiness is is relative something we talked about before right yep for sure for sure where um uh i believe you just once described something to me that you had read about uh, people kind of getting used to a certain level of happiness, and they were going to be that happy regardless of their circumstances. And yes, and uh, changes to that were short-term changes. Exactly right. That they yep. kind of evened out. You have like a resting state happiness, or yeah. a resting state. So yeah, like good things yeah. can happen to a particular person and make them more happy than usual for for a period of time. But if that becomes the new normal, then they will always be things to be unhappy or happy about mm-hmm. uh, so I, I don't know what to call that other than maybe happiness is relative sure for a particular person and the idea I don't know if it's a conflict or not uh, one that she's really talking about here uh, we put it in terms of happiness is not a zero sum game oh yes I do yep exactly right that, that we can cheat the system here um one can um, choose to like derive more meaning and happiness and pleasure from um, what would uh, otherwise be less meaningful things, right? And minimize, you know, unhappiness or displeasure or whatever you want to call it, with things that would normally be more meaningful. You can you can hack the system a little bit. Yeah, 
Um, but are those I, two I, things compatible? That's a question. Um, it's interesting. I, it's I, you know, I wrote them down too, and we're thinking about them. Uh, I'll think out loud. I mean, to me, the image that, that comes to mind when you mention the both is they both seem like they're kind of orthogonal to each other, right? They're kind of they're, they don't seem to be occupying the same space, yeah. which which leads me to believe that they are they are they are definitely compatible because they are on different dimensions. They yeah. define different things, right? Happiness is relative. Um, it's definitely incompatible with, with lots of different types of happiness not being a zero-sum game. So Okay, I could see that. So, like, let's say there was, there was uh, someone who was particularly effective at sure. kind of hacking the system okay. and, and uh, making much of simple pleasures and making little of uh, bigger things that were not so pleasant. For sure. So they're, they're skilled at that. Is that their normal? Such that, uh, you know, if conditions change for them and things got especially bad or especially good and they felt especially bad or especially good, that that their adjustment would then, you'd still be able to, to describe their new state as, uh, you know, doing a particularly good job of, of hacking the system in that way? I think so. I, I mean, I, I what comes to mind are, are characters from movies who... Um... Who, who act exactly like that, right? Where they, where they just, they just minimize the bad, and and maximize the experience of good, right? It's almost like the the, the concept of like blinders, right? Where like you just you or, or compartmentalization, right? Like the bad things you put into a small little box, and the big and the things that make you happy, you just kind of amplify. I feel like that there's there are characters all over the place like that, right? I'm, I'm thinking of um, any of the movies that are kind of um, situated in settings of great uh, strife right so like you you minimize the effect of the war on you or you minimize the effect of um uh persecution right and like and like yep. focus on the positive right it's, it's a very natural for some people it's a very natural response to to minimize that you are in a jail cell and to maximize other thoughts that you that you think would keep you you know happy right i mean it's it's uh, it's almost a survival mechanism yeah uh, i like um where you're getting at too, in terms of the things that we look look to and react to, it's kind of its own trope. That's right. Oh yeah, the perception, right? Yeah, we choose to see and how much we see it. Yeah. But let me put it to you a little differently. Um, okay. Because uh, when we talked in the past about you know happiness not being a zero sum game, right? Um, I think uh, implicit in that conversation is the idea that we could get better at that. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. right like if we're aware that that's possible or aware that that's true right then we can coach ourselves into a position to be better at it and maybe be happier overall that does make a lot of sense and can you think of examples of of i don't know from literature or, or from movies that like where people did that where they trained themselves to see things oh well, pineapple popsicle right here oh uh, yeah sure yeah right Yep. Like, yep. It, like, um, I would think for for a novelist, uh, or or someone, I, you know, uh, Zadie Smith writes other things. Mm-hmm. This anxiety, uh, persistent anxiety from writing, mm-hmm. uh, sounds like a pretty big deal, and she she puts herself through it anyway. Um, but as you read, you know, pineapple popsicle can um, defeat that anxiety. Exactly. At least for at least a time, and I would think that um, I mean, no need for us to get into the meaning of life or anything like that. But I would suspect that most people would identify, you know, the her writing and the forces surrounding that writing as probably a lot closer to, you know, big big time meaning. Yep. Than uh, that pineapple popsicle. And yet, and yet, the pineapple popsicle is really what. It can win for a time. Yes, exactly right. Exactly well said. Mm-hmm. So that's that's where I wonder if there is a conflict. Um, because if it is a skill that can be learned, but at the same time people uh, maybe like a, like a biochemistry type thing of people are about as happy as they're going to be overall, is this you know, happiness hacking thing, this not, you know, it's not a zero sum game. Is that above that fray or not? 
What do you mean sure. by ab- above the fray? So is um, you know, if you train, if you did a, um, let's say you had been doing a poor job of of uh, this happiness is now a zero sum game thing. Yep. Like right, you you just happen to be someone who really focused on the negative, but mm-hmm. uh, but let the small potentially very pleasurable things go by. Got it. And you made a very deliberate effort to train yourself to care more about those little good things and less about the big not good things. Um, would that help you change what like your normal level of happiness is? Or would that just be like a short-term boost? See what I'm saying? I do see what you're saying there. And I actually am above the belief that if you are in it's, it's interesting, right? Because like, I think I've usually been of the belief that if you are like in a certain environment for a long enough time, that can really um, reinforce different behaviors. And yet, and yet, I think you posited, and something that we've also thought simultaneously is that um, you have this normal resting state of of a certain, you know, a, a, a normal, right? That does that doesn't get altered. But I guess the, the 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 question is, how long do you have to be in a new environment, or or do you have to be consciously in a new environment? and engaging with it in some different way to allow you to change your behavior, right? Like mm. when you are being oppressed, uh, how long does it take? Because many, many people who are oppressed continue to stay and keep hope, right? This is like, um, you know, the, the notion of hope being such a powerful thing. Um, and even if you're there longer and longer and longer, you still maintain that other normal. So the guy, I guess that this raises for me a larger question about like, how do you get people to, to actually change their normal resting state and that really gets into like kind of what like behavioral change right like how do you actually affect people's behavior and how do they change that and i'm I'm not sure what those proper conditions are to make that always work right like what, what is the you know experimental conditions as it were to like that would inevitably kind of push a person into into a whole new state of being right i actually don't have a good answer to that well, there's another possibility, which is that the the first thing that referred to about there being like a, a normal state of happiness for everyone, and right? People readjusting right. to that, or readjusting themselves to get back to that, right? It's also possible that's just not true. Yeah, it is. Yeah, um, I don't know. I I I'm gonna bet. I'm gonna bet on this. Okay. I mean, if if you're making a conscious effort to try to make yourself happier, right? I maybe I'm deluding myself, but I think that I think that uh, I think that can increase a person's happiness long term. I think so. I, I'm 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 going to agree with you as well that I think that it is possible. I'm just I I still have to wrap my mind around the the. The, the the how right like how do you actually make affect that like it's not just easy just to tell someone to think differently a lot of the time right I mean yeah, thinking differently so well how about just the you know the idea that maybe people derive more happiness from experience than from uh, like tangible things right and so you know if you're you know everyone's or nearly everyone's disposable income they have one is limited mm-hmm. it can only be spent in so many ways perhaps it's better uh, to be spending those on experiences rather than on possessions yes and, and actually what this brings to mind is like the the notion that when you are sometimes when you're kind of in what you might call like a rut I won't get into like the deeper kind of depressions that people suffer from I, I wouldn't want to speak to that but like when you're in kind of like a you feel like your normal has been altered a bit for yourself. You feel you feel abnormal, like you feel out of your your zone. Sometimes um, putting yourself in a whole new like environment, like for example, traveling and yep. being in a new place, can actually be enough to kind of knock your brain out of those existing kind of mindsets and dispositions. So maybe, so maybe there is something to that, right? So maybe there is something about like you know flying to a place, taking in a lot of sun, and kind of eating very healthy. And kind of the, that kind of detox type of phenomenon that, that maybe that maybe means you come back from that experience with a whole new like l- literally a, a new 
homeostasis, right? Like literally a whole new level of kind of what your equilibrium is. So I think that that is possible. And this, this is in fact one of, one of the many ways people actually do try to cope with, with these types of, um, yeah, uh, to, be, you know, to be jarred. Yeah. Exactly right. Yeah, I, I think if I had if I had one like theory of everything, right, uh, it'd be this kind of cross cutting idea that uh, you know we are physical beings and physical. Um, well, we're just physical. That's our. Uh, it's we are what our senses are and what makes us happy. Anything that makes us happy can really be traced to interaction with the world. Yes. Whether whether it be you know physical or or, or time or you know other people or and um, I don't know, just like staring at something for long enough um, will kind of desensitize the the rods that make up most of your. Your retina, your right. right around the thing that you're focusing on. You're, exactly right. Like a, it's like a situational blindness. Exactly, you lose exactly. Your peripheral vision. Right. You know, just like that. It's uh, got to change things up. Yeah. You see everything. That's right. That's right. I and I think that um, I think in some ways it's actually even kind of you know relates back to other experiences that Zadie Smith talks about in her essay right um i'm trying to look specifically but um well which, which kind of talks about her experience kind of being a, oh that was me sorry the uh <laughs> the uh um when she was talking about the experience i'm not sure if this directly relates to your point but it's kind of it's what comes to oh, mind let's, let's move the yeah, she asks herself the question. Well, she just tells herself a story about having been on ecstasy. She tells the story, and she says, "You know, was that joy? Probably not, but it mimicked joy's conditions pretty well." Um, and uh, what was it? She says something about um, the. I, I I don't remember the exact quote in there, but but essentially the point about like experiencing joy even in that kind of drug-induced way, uh, since you're feeling joy, you know what the experience of joy feels like. And she says she hasn't had that many ex- experiences in her life that she felt that joy, but she's able to identify when she feels it again because she had that other experience of it, right? Mm-hmm. So like, it, yeah. so like it, it may not be the joy she wants to try to like replicate again through taking drugs, but like now that she knew what it was, it became a new baseline for her. It's like, oh, this is what joy feels like. And it's not always something that is, is just purely positive right i think that's another major kind of yeah. like point she keeps trying to make in this work that like the joy of child rearing is is not a necessarily a a, a positive happy pleasant experience because right. it also has the anxieties and stuff but you kind of feel like the anxieties are all kind of wrapped up in the joy itself like joy is kind of she's kind of unpacking that what seemed to be kind of a static unitary emotion into like many components yeah uh I think I could say um, she doesn't have a ton of overwhelmingly positive things to say about joy, at least That's in right. contrast to pleasure. Exactly right. Um, yeah, I guess it, it would have to feel like things were um, important, like there were a lot, the, like maybe joy requires investment, except for this kind of uh, drug-induced version. Yeah, and, and, and that's really what the appeal of the drug was, right? That you literally could get joy without a lot of effort. Yeah, which really, which really makes you think that they, you know that that was its appeal, and that probably continues to be its appeal. Um, yeah, and I, I think it's important to. I, I, I want. I would love to talk just briefly a little bit more about that those other emotions that are tied up in it and how she's kind of not always positive on joy. Yep. Um, let me see if I can pick it up quickly. Um, she, well, she gets into to notions about true love and feeling love or real love and how that's kind of a joyful thing, but also that joy seems to always be kind of, um, 
uh, something that doesn't last. And that's kind of what inherently is, is like its thing, right? That like it has that counterbalance. Um, it, oh yeah, here we go. So we certainly don't need to be neuroscientists to know that wild romantic crushes, especially if they are fraught with danger, do something ecstatic to our brains. And though like the pills that share the name, horror and disappointment are usually not that far behind. Mm. Um, it's just, it's really remarkable. Um, uh, that contrast there that I think we try to, that we've talked about many times, right? The contrast between like romantic love and real love and you kind of see it explored in movies and literature and stuff like that, right? Yeah. Um, and like the, there's a different kind of pleasure that you derive um, than kind of the joy of like that like rush you get in these kind of dangerous experiences where you always kind of feel like you're on the cusp of, uh, of losing everything or something, right? Um, so... I'm glad that you kind of explored that territory. And I, and I think that I, I, all I'll say is I think it spoke to me. So. I, um, was thinking earlier this week, just kind of about love, mm-hmm. but how uh, there's a, like a reflexive reaction to like young love. Yes. Of like, of like, Oh, that's not real. Exactly. Like if it's too intense, then it's not real. Yeah. It's like, well, what I was thinking is like, where do people get off saying that? Yeah, like um, you know, maybe it's not you. You could call it like not learn long term. You might right. call it not stable. Right. Uh, you might just call it not the thing that you know. Maybe most people end up at or with or right. experience later in life or whatever. But like, where do we get off? Like not calling that love, or or judging the young for not being it, yeah, yeah. or for or for or for jumping to that word. Um, oh I, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's a yeah. You know, why do we say that? Yeah, I don't know. Like, why? I don't know. But if it if it if we're we're talking about emotions, right? So like, if it feels real, then isn't that all that is required? For it to be real, you would think that. I it, it, maybe there's some. You've raised a good question about a cultural phenomenon, and I don't have a good answer to it. <laughs> um, but 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 it's a really good question. Um. All right. She makes a point early on mm-hmm. um, about private languages. Yes, I, I found that to resonate a little bit. Where I think we do depend on that, right? She 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 couches it in terms of it's nice to have things in common with, exactly. with your partner. Exactly. Uh, she's talking about um, how she and her partner both enjoy like appreciating uh, who other people are, like physically. Exactly. Like, just right. noticing people and sizing them up, and to the point where they enjoy hearing each other's descriptions of people that they saw. Exactly right. That's interesting, um, but I like that this this uh, the private language thing. I think is important. It's all about it's all about packing meaning into smaller pieces. Yeah, like, no, like, for for sure. Uh, it's like it's our shorthand. Yeah, our shor- short shorthand is like always important, right? And when something's new to you, there's not there are fewer like techniques available to make things to turn things into a shorthand and by virtue of that retain more or be able to have as much in your in like the span of your um, perception or attention exactly um, just like we, we you know social security numbers are, are broken up into different sized pieces not because that's meaningful necessarily, but because most people can't fit nine uh, numbers in their head at the same time. Right. Uh, yeah. So, so you turn those into units. You know, a, a three-digit number is now becomes instead of three digits becomes one number, and a two-digit number, and a four-digit number. So I don't know. Short. I think shorthand is always always important. Always. Particularly because of. Your your notions of working memory you kind of bring online there, right? Yeah. So 
Yeah, even even internally, I would say, right? If we can fit things into categories, fit things into into patterns, it just it just helps us cover more territory within a shorter period of time. Yes, I mean it makes me think of like uh, what people sometimes refer to as jargon as well. Uh, but or actually, not necessarily jargon, but kind of like um, the shorthand that we use within our own professional careers, right? The types right. of words that you would use within your, uh, you know, line of work, and I would use in my line of work might be different. Uh, but within that line of work, we use these things all the time, and everybody understands it, and it allows us to cover a lot of ground in less time. Yeah, so I think that resonates with me as well. Um. I guess you could lose time by like the the effort to build a shorthand, right? Could could uh, at some point become like counterproductive, but I don't. Th- I can't recall like a time when people when I felt like someone was focused too much on like coining terms and too little on using them. <laughs> yeah, I can't think of an example either. I I. I, I, I... I think this is something we must naturally do, and you really raised a linguistic issue there. Um, and like, you know, how does that arise? How quickly does that arise? Because you know, I, I remember the notion of like starting a new. You know, I can think of a moment starting a new job, and then being in a setting where like people are using words you don't quite understand. And I remember actually this reminds me of like one of my first, um, um, like when my boss. Uh, my, one of my first bosses in education, like sent me to uh, a conference. And one of the things I think he said was something to the effect of um, like part of the learning how to, how to work well in, in our field is to just to understand the way people talk in our field. So like just by attending a conference and just listening to people discuss with each other, this content yeah. is, is, is part of the way of, of acclimating yourself or part of the way of understanding what it means to be part of this community like listening to the way people talk to each other and the types of shorthands they use and the buzz, not the buzzwords, but like the, the key terms, right. That we all kind of bandy about. Yeah. Um, that's like an important part of acclimating yourself even, even professionally, I think. Um, and, and, and part of showing that you're part of the initiated is that you use those words. Yeah. And that's really all that, that language is in the first place. Right. Oh, like shared understandings. Well, I mean, yeah, I mean, they're, they're, they're shortcuts. They're, they're packing meaning, more meaning into smaller things than, than you might anticipate. So does this, now you raise that, this makes me immediately think of the joy that many of us derive when someone uses the exact right word in a situation. Hmm. And it's usually like a, the mot juste. The mot juste, like it's usually a word that like is what might be called like a ten cent word rather than a five cent word, and like you're digging, digging, digging for it, and then the joy, right, um, that you get from having exactly the right word exactly uh, for that situation. That's that's funny. I was just having a conversation about this earlier today, mm-hmm. where um, uh, you know during high school we had to uh, volunteer for a time. Exactly right. In a place where I was volunteering, uh, there was nothing to do uh, occasionally, and the only thing that was available, the internet not really being a thing uh, at that point, where That's which right. was easy to access at least, mm-hmm. was a dictionary. And I read the I read some parts of the dictionary. <laughs> I found a word at that time that I really liked. Um, it is the word is quincunx. Oh yes, this, this rings a bell. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, last year, Rob. It took uh, it took whatever, uh, fifteen years or something. <laughs> yes. Last year, finally, perfect opportunity came up. Uh, Quincunks being basically the the way that the the pips are arranged on the five side of a six sided die. Oh yes, uh, yes. And, uh, and there was a time I had to talk about the the way that infielders were arranged in the infield. And uh, two of them had come all the way in, and it was like a perfect quincunx. That is remarkable. Uh, yeah, but I I will agree. The the pleasure associated with having that that word available after fifteen years of of waiting. Yeah, it's hard to match. Agreed. Um, that was not a great story. No, it wasn't a bad one. 
so 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 yeah, maybe we should turn back um, and and see if there's anything else we kind of want to touch on, right? Um, and um, what do you got? I the, the thing that, that that I can't help but want to talk about is this notion of. Um, which he says, children are the infamous example here. Says so sometimes joy multiplies itself dangerously. Yeah. Um, it's I mean, it's kind of a sad notion she says, but it's really remarkable that she kind of brings it up. She says, uh, you know, isn't it bad enough that the beloved with whom you've experienced genuine joy would eventually will eventually be lost to you, lost to you? Why add to this nightmare the child whose loss, if it ever happened, would mean nothing less than your total annihilation? Yeah. Um, and like she juxtaposed that with like knowing that your cat's going to die is different, right? She says it should be noted that an equally dangerous joy for many people is the dog or the cat. Um, relationships with animals being in some intensified by guaranteed finitude. Yep. Um, you hope to leave this world before your child. You are certain. You are quite certain your dog will leave before you do. And then says joy is such a human madness. Um. Oh, and then, and then you know, I, mean, I guess she's, oh, yeah, and then she has that amazing quote at the end, even that even she's trying to wrap her mind around. She's thinking about joy and everything, and kind of the why is joy always associated with with like the opposite of itself, right? Like the loss of it. Like why does it always seem like that's impending or something when you're experiencing it? Um, and then someone someone wrote was quoting someone else or something, and eventually had the words like um, when they were describing what mourning felt like. They said it hurts just as much as it is worth. That makes, yeah, a ton of sense. It just, it just, it, yeah. I mean, it's, it's, it's that. Like, if you want to have that type of joy it, when you're in ecstasy, if you want to have that type of joy uh, in young love or something, then it always, never will have that kind of opposite side, right? That that's apparently that that that's the bargain. Yeah, because it's in. It sounds like it's in. Um the relationship is perfect with uh, investment. Right? Yes. Yes, yeah, exactly. Like you, uh, I would imagine. Um, in terms of a child, you, you probably couldn't invest any more than you could possibly invest in a child. Right. Exactly right. And, uh, I don't know, when you have a lot invested, it's, it's hard not to think about it in terms of what you stand to lose. Um, mm-hmm. And in terms of finitude, I will I will add to the the dog and the cat. How about the pineapple popsicle? Exactly right. Right, it's mm-hmm. even it's a, even a lot shorter. And um, but we know exactly what that length is. Mm-hmm. So it's not a big loss. Plus, you can probably always go get another pineapple popsicle, <laughs> or or another dog or cat. Yeah, but I don't know. I I mean, I guess I'd be. You could be disappointed when you got to the end of the popsicle, but it's uh, it's not out of line with what the popsicle was worth to you. Exactly right. Actually. So maybe it's a, you 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 know a, what you you know what you bargained for. Yeah. Um. Cool. Um. I, th- th- there were there's a lot in here, man, and there was a lot in here. I'm uh. I, I want to say I, I, I want to say just like what you said before, which was um, how much I want to recommend this reading to others. I, it's uh, I thought I thought it had a lot of different interesting aspects of it, and I also felt it was just a very nice read from a great writer. Yeah, so it's not it's um, not uh, it doesn't style itself as being about the most important things ever. Exactly right. Right, but it's still uh, just an excellent example of something that. Uh, it's not about the most important things in the world necessarily. Agreed. Um, but yes, so this, um, so we, we had a little bit of chocolate this week and we had some joy, which, uh, may, maybe one but of our, but not at be- the same time, but not this, I was going to say, right. It could have been our best pairing. Um, but it ended up <laughs> it being, one seemed of, that way. It already seemed that way. And it ended up being one of the worst. Um, huh? so, um, so you know, congrat you know, no congratulations are, are, are granted here. It's more. Um, well, I, perhaps... don't, I don't think we really need to. Um, yeah, dwell on that. Though, yes, because uh, I think the sandwich has already punished uh, us, us for us. That's right. That's right. I think we both. I think we both. If we want to at least put that back on the record, that I think we both can say that after we had those chocolate sandwiches, the rest of our day didn't feel quite normal. No. <laughs> it was. It was. 
this is really a mind altering thing when yeah. you think about it. So, um, but yes. Yeah, so speaking of altering things, uh, I think and, we and have speaking of imperfect things, imperfect things. Exactly. I think, uh, what's on docket for next week, uh, uh or I should say our next episode, uh, is, uh, in episode 10, we, we, uh, we're going to plan to do some, uh, some leftovers, some, some, some real, some redos. Oh, the leftovers episode. Yeah. The leftovers episode. Yes. Yeah. So do you want to, should we say something briefly or should we, uh, sure. Yeah. And okay. we talked about yeah. it a little bit on, um, episode three. That's right. When we talked about that's it live. Right. Yep. But uh, basically, uh, to this point, I don't know whether or not you want to exclude the last week or not, but yep. we have made 18 sandwiches now for this that's right. podcast. Right. And uh, at episode 10, uh, the challenge that we'll put to each other is to go back to some of those 18 sandwiches, uh, mm-hmm. one or more of those sandwiches, right? and uh, try to improve them. I like that. Can I, can I try to improve yours? Yes. Okay, cool. So but, uh, I would like if you did. Okay, good. So maybe we can take yeah. So we we can figure out the details of that. But this is exciting. I'm really looking forward to uh, to trying this again. The leftovers episode. Me too. Because we're also uh, for the remainder of the episode, we're going to raid our own uh, cognitive toolkit. Yes, have... I am very excited about that. We're so this is uh, uh, episode nine, chocolate and Zadie Smith's joy. It's it's been great to talk to you today, Ryan. It's been weird. It's been weird. Stay weird. <laughs> um till till next time. All right. Take care. Take care. Ha ha ha.